Hey, Amber. Oh, dear God. This is still happening? This is still happening. When will it end? I wish I could tell you, Amber. Well, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where you have one host and the ghost of the other. Uh Uh-oh. I broke the ghost. I'm sorry, Uh, Megan. Please don't uh, die again. Those are my death bells, Amber. (laughs) It's good to know what it would be like to be haunted by you, like this early in our friendship. Isn't that nice? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know what the the thing that's um waking me out most about my voice being gone, is that my laugh is completely different, and I, I like I'm a like a he he he. Kind of, I don't know. I it's not. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's used to. it's it's at the front of of your mouth cavity as opposed to like in the chest because the chest is all sadness now. Like the chest is the apocalypse, and the front is sort of like. Like, your mouth is like the bunker where your voice is hiding to try and wait right. shit out. Right. Yep. So instead of a ha ha ha, it's more of a hee hee hee. Yeah. Yeah. That's very good, Amber. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, boy. Um, Amber, in this um, podcast, we watch movies and sometimes they're Netflix movies, which is what we did this time. Because you know what, actually, no other movies exist at this point. There's no like movie theater movies. I mean, sure, we're we're all just streaming at this point. Yeah, I guess there's drive-in movies. I mean, th- there are still movie theaters. The movies are still being released, and people are still going to them. And they're it's really smart, and it's a good thing that they should do. Moving on. Yes, sometimes we do watch Netflix movies. Rarely do we actually watch Netflix movie for this podcast because Netflix has done a real shitty job of making A, good movies, and B, good bad movies. They've mostly just been doing C, bad bad movies. That is correct, Amber. It's, uh, yeah, it, you know, you've got your, um, what was it, Brights with uh, <laughs> Will Smith? To be fair, I haven't seen it, but... That is telling in and of itself. Yeah, isn't it, though? Like, I, I will bite into some bad fantasy. Oh, legend, you beautiful bitch. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. <laughs> oh, boy. Amber, we watched Six Underground this time. Why did we watch Six Underground? Why would we do this to ourselves? Is, there a go- is it because we love Michael Bay so hard? I... Hmm... I'm not sure that I've seen any other. No, that can't be right. I'm sure he's done. Michael oh, Bay's done some movies. That you've I've seen, seen some Michael Bay. I'm sure I have. You've you've enjoyed some Michael Bay. I'm sure that's true. You know what? I think of him mostly as the Transformer guy, and uh, I have not seen any of those. I prefer not to see any of those. No, thank you. You can live a happy life without that. Amber, um, you know who's in this movie? Yeah, of course I know who's in this movie. That's why we watched this movie. That's why I asked that leading question, Megan. Ryan Reynolds is in this movie, Amber. Oh, so we're just going to pretend I'm not talking now? That actually might be the best way to deal with me. Just like steamroll past it. It's how you deal with me in general, in life. So I know, I'm glad I it's expanded bring... to this podcast. Yeah, I thought I'd bring it into the podcast world. Super yeah. probes. Super probes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see, let's see yeah. where this gets you. Hopefully somewhere good. Mm, yes. Um, yeah, uh... <laughs> 
Oh boy. Okay, Amber, let me describe this movie to you. Um, Amber, this movie is about the best, most misleading car scene, um, car car hijinks um in the beginning beginning of a movie ever. This 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 movie is about early car hijinks movie in a movie. Yeah, uh-huh, you heard is that, me. That's that's okay. No, just just wanted uh-huh, to. Uh-huh. Yes, um, and uh, they they blow their whole wad in this car scene. I mean, it, granted, it's like twenty minutes long, um, and it's I I was just I was like delighted, kind of midway through at the end of this and and near the end of this car scene hijink scene, and you're like, mm, don't get excited. This is this is it. This is the best of what they got. These. Simple fools used their best scene at the very beginning of not a great movie, a movie that just descends into chaos. And it, there was an excellent review blurb that I will read that is that, that encapsulates what this movie is perfectly. But just a genius, not genius, but like a fantastic, ridiculous action scene is what starts this movie. And it is... Such a tease. It's it's almost like somebody made this amazing action short film and somebody was like, oh, cool. What else you got? Right. Let's tack on some more. Let's can we make this three hours long? Like it's it's but oh, we can make two, two and a half. OK, that's that's good, too. I, I don't have anything. I was just doing I was just doing this. No, 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 no. no. You got to make a full movie. I, I really I don't think I can I can do that. I don't have a lot of story. I, I think I, I just have this one. No, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. We have your family. Oh God! Yeah, and that's how Six Underground came to be. And that's how Six Underground is. Yeah, the rest of the movie is so um, like it's just I don't even normally catch this kind of stuff, but it's not. It, it's confusing. The plot is confusing, and it's not paced especially well. <laughs> like plot. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Uh, pacing. No. Yeah, not pace well. And then all of a sudden, the the characters care for each other. Like, it's like, surprise. We didn't earn caring for each other, but now we super do. It's like watching a Seth, Seth Rogen, like, romance or buddy movie that has, like, a dramatic element to it. It's just like, I'm a useless dill hole. Oh, look, somebody realized I read a book about a thing. Now everything's good. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it in Seth Rogen territory. That's that's just offensive, Amber. I'm just saying it was an unearned turn. Yes, unearned turn for sure. Yeah. So, what what is this movie actually about, Megan? What is what what <laughs> things can you say about it that are true and might tell people something about it as a film? Sure. Well, Ryan Reynolds is a billionaire who has decided the best good he can do is to um, become a no one by by you know faking his death. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A no one, Megan. He he has a very specific term for this. Uh, oh, he he's a ghost amber. Ah, yes. Much like mm-hmm. my current current co-host. <laughs> That's true. Um, the freedom so- you must feel. Oh, I feel so free, Amber. Oh, my goodness. The, um, like, voiceover things that Ryan Reynolds does is so much. He's just, he's talking about freedom, and he calls their, like, base the haunted house. I mean, he leans 
real far into this ghost metaphor, Amber. Oh, man, it's the beginning of the movie isn't actually the cool action scene. The beginning of the movie is some hardcore, super ridiculously intense voiceover work from Reynolds, where we're in one of the many pasts that we encounter. And, and it's oh Muse. One of Muse's most anthemic songs is playing, dig down. And he's just, he's flying his own plane. And then the plane crashes. And the entire time he's giving this speech about when you're dead, you become a ghost and it's lonely. But with loneliness comes freedom. And so really we should all just enjoy being dead while we're alive. And so I pretended to kill myself so that I could have the freedom to do what needed to be done. And it's voiceovers like that keep happening to explain like the points of the movie. Cause then he recruits a team and they all die too fake times and they get numbers instead of names and that's why so they can all be free but they're also lonely but loneliness is freedom remember but they're not yes. a family because they can't get attached to each other they're not the cleavers get it no. leave it to beaver they're not a good family that keeps coming up and then 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 they have to go after bad guys that's the whole point because there's bureaucracy and governments and stupidness but what they're gonna do they're gonna go and they're gonna go and find boxes stick with me <laughs> Okay, yes, I'll you go see, on. We all, as as mm -hmm. humans in this world, process all the bad things that happen every day, but we can't we can't keep the bad things, the genocides and the climate change and the sadness all in our heads all at once. So what we do is we put it in a box. Mm -hmm. We put it in a box and then, then we forget about that box. We can go on with our days. But some people, some very bad people, they've been putting too much in that box and they have to be taken down. Oh my God. Or something like that. Or something like that, Amber. Yes. So ghosts and boxes. Ghosts and boxes. And we've I, got... I believe... Sorry, shit boxes. They're the shit boxes. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, so yeah, basically we're all going to die, but we may as well do it while we're alive mm -hmm. so that we don't have to deal with marriages and mortgages because those oh. will all be erased. And then the only thing that matters mm -hmm. is what you choose. Yeah. I... Huh. Amber, let me put it to you this way. What if you could cut through red tape with a billion dollar sword? Oh. It's all so clear to me now. <laughs> okay, so they cut all ties with their lives, become dead people who aren't actually dead so that they can act with freedom but live free, lonely lives. Mm-hmm. And not actually, um, they're not supposed to... Um, interact with each other and one of the um two of the people become a couple but then they say they're just fucking and not making love and so that's okay yeah i mean it's totally fine they can't form connections with each other because mm -hmm. they're not the cleavers they're not family people yes, yes so they're, yes. they're gonna bring this is their first so okay yeah and then the movie starts yes. jumping all over the fucking place so there are so many flashbacks and flash forwards you and it never it doesn't always tell you it's fantastic you see ryan rails plane crash and then you go to the cool job but the cool job is not the present the cool job is still the past it's just a more future past than the ryan reynolds plane crash scene then we move to the present where they're recruiting another guy because one of their guys died in the cool opening scene so they need to recruit a seven now that they've lost their five don't worry it, they keep it at six so that the title makes perfect sense except it doesn't except it kind of does i guess they mean by like underground meaning like underground coffins dead people i don't know Fuck yep. that shit. And then we move into the past again, 
so that we can see Ryan Reynolds, the billionaire, before he crashed his plane. So this is a p- more past past than the past we'd already seen. Yes, right. And he interacts with some people at a charity, and then he sees a sarin gas attack, and then he decides that he's going to go after this p- particular warm criminal dictator guy. Mm-hmm. So then... That explains. Six months later, Amber. And then, yeah. and then, and then, six months later, after the sarin gas attack, not six months later after the cool job or him crashing his plane or the present of them recruiting the guy. No, this is right. six months after the sarin gas attack, which is the more past past than the past we'd seen before. I'm sure which you're still never, with me. And they never get a date to. It's just yes. This movie is timeless. Mm-hmm. We then see him directly interacting with that dictator. Mm-hmm. Then also meeting a bartender that he seems to fall for right before he then pretends to kill himself to right. go after the dictator. Yes. This movie makes perfect sense. Don't worry. We meet the other numbered ghost people. Yes. We get glimpses of their past, all except for one of them for some except reason. For the doctor, yes. Mm-hmm. Except for the, so we have Ryan Reynolds as one, the billionaire. We have, I don't remember who two is. Which one is two? Two is Melanie Laurent. She's the. Ah, uh, um, yes. Gunman, the spook, I I believe. The spook, the CIA spook. That's right. Yeah, she's she's the badass, get it done woman person. Three is the hitman. Yeah, he's the idiot. Mm -hmm. He's and he's a fucking simple fool who wants redemption um, from apparently killing a very bad man in front of his daughter. I don't know. I don't care. He's he and Melanie Laurent are the ones who are chicka bounce bounce. Yes. Four is the doctor. I think five is the doctor. Okay. Six is the driver. Because four is parkour boy. Far, four is par- parkour guy, yes. Yep, so he's called the Skywalker. He basically does Skywalker. parkour. Skywalker, that's right. It's I very intense very parkour. Yeah, when they put that up. Right. Five yeah. is the driver. That was played by Dave Franco. The driver oh. does not make it past the first cool scene. Sorry, the five is the doctor, and six is the, do- is the driver... And the only reason I remember that is because Amber, get it, six underground. The six is underground. Oh, dear. That, number that, six is now dead. So he's dead. And he's, Goddamn layers. Oh, boy. So mm-hmm. Dave Franco, six, the driver, toasted in the first scene. Yeah. The first scene's amazing. We'll talk about that. The doctor, so we see, as Dave Franco's dead, we don't care about his backstory. Everybody else we see sort of either the scene where Ryan Reynolds came to them or the scene that kind of changed their their outlook on the current work they were doing. Like we see Melanie right. Laurent as a CIA person actually installing the dictator they're about to take down by mm-hmm. helping imprison the democracy-loving brother of the dictator. Right. So we see all of those scenes, except for the doctor. We never see anything about the doctor, no, we and no one ever mentions her. it. Nope. <laughs> it's just... He has very little playtime in this movie. Boop, we don't care. Moving on, they then there's a whole the the opening scene is them doing a job to get to the generals that get them to the dictator uh, slash get them to the dictator's brother so that they can put him in the dictator's place after they take out the dictator because the dictator's brother loves democracy, and then right. every democracy wins and lots of people are dead. The end. Yep, exactly. You get it, guys. It, you get it. It always it always works well when you take down a dictator and install your own uh, person. Amber, that's that's how it's supposed to work. Yep, it's it's not like that's how we got this first dictator in the first place. But he didn't love democracy. Right. And the, and the U.S. government installed him. We can't trust them. What we can trust is a group of not dead, dead underground people funded by a billionaire. 
ghosts amber yeah always trust the ghosts more like zombies they're kind of like undead Mm. ghosts are just like dead dead but they're not really dead they died but didn't die oh and seven we didn't talk about seven is their new recruit former army sniper but he has a heart and of course when you recruit somebody from the army they love their army people and it's like a family and so he then turns this lovely group into the fucking cleavers right um this is Corey Hawkins in this role. And he, um, yeah, he just, he can't leave anybody behind Amber. So that makes him kind of pull the team together as a family. So Amber, um, that perfectly explains this movie. Um, what did your critics say about it? 41 critics, 56 users. Okay. I'm 35 critics and 60 users for Rotten Tomatoes. Most of the reviews were 50%. I think that that is very reasonable. Uh, one of the reviews, uh, Roger Moore of Movie Nation, I think is an idiot. I, I, I don't know a lot about this person. I, I'm probably, I, I've obviously read the reviews blurbs before, and I haven't really registered them along these hateful lines, but it took a lot to get through this because I really hated that stupid, talky, bloody, and endless opening chase. Uh, Roger Moore is dead to me. Uh, Roger Moore, how could you? Roger Moore... You were dead to me. I'm not saying you're A.O. Scott territory, but goddamn, I'm looking up your sausage party review to determine your standing long term. That is, that is sacrilege, Amber. My favorite blurb came from Rolling Stone, David Fear. It was a 30% score. Okay, listen, there's really no point describing what happens or how or when or why. This is not a narrative film. This is not cinema, or maybe it is who the fuck knows anymore. This is a Michael Bay movie. (laughs) My only problem with that is that it's also a Ryan Reynolds movie. Like, as much as Bay put his big, explodey, ridiculous, pointless, narrative, fuck-tastic, spectacular stamp on it, Ryan Reynolds holds it together. Like, most people, most of the reviewers were like, I mean, this is a testament to his charisma. The fact that this was watchable at all is Ryan Reynolds. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Alex Hudson says, Six Underground is the kind of film that considers a nun giving the middle finger to be the height of edgy humor. Which, I mean... There was so much in that opening chase scene. There was so much in that opening chase scene. I, I, uh, I've, I've seen it twice now, and I'm sure there are things I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it is not highbrow. But neither is most of the stuff that we watch and enjoy. I, I feel like the critics, uh, not wrong. not wrong but like no critic that i saw talks about the fact that ryan reynolds is charismatic as fuck and fun to watch in this movie a lot of my blurbs did do they yeah Yeah, they're all concentrated on michael bay yeah that's not right yeah this is a michael bay movie that i was willing to watch because ryan reynolds was in it that's what this movie is he's he's fallen far from his the rock days for me this isn't armageddon people no it's true this is post transformers michael bay <laughs> you know what you're getting mm-hmm. it's true it's true bye-bye critics corner bye critics amber okay all right this chase scene like um y- yeah so like w- the first act like the first time after all the stupid you know um uh, voiceovers and um, Ryan Reynolds explaining why he's dead and such. So we've got these folks in the um, 
in a car. We've got four people in the car. We've got um, Melanie Laurent has been shot. We don't know how we like media res. We have no idea what they just did. We know Melanie Laurent is shot. She's in the back seat. The doctor is trying to operate her on her in the back seat. We've got Ryan Reynolds in the passenger seat, and uh, number six is driving. Dave Franco. Uh, Dave Franco. Thank you. Yep, we we yep. we are in the middle of a job. They are driving away from the scene of something, which got mm-hmm. Melanie Laurent gut shot. She's yep. also shooting at their pursuers, and the doctor's yelling at her while constantly getting blood sprayed in her face because Melanie Laurent is actively spurting blood. Meanwhile, Ryan Reynolds is just Ryan Reynoldsing the shit out of the whole situation. Yes, just constant to my mind hilarious commentary on what is happening, what has happened, and what is about to happen. And Dave Franco is deliriously happy in his role as, like, a jacked-up, extremely good getaway driver. Right. And he's very good, Um, you know, up until he murders himself. So, um, you know how Amber in, like, all of the uh, Fast and Furious movies, I'm, you know, we're always talking about, like, okay, so many people have died. Oh, my God, they're dead. They're dead. They hit 12 people there. Yeah, Amber, there's, their, their sidewalks are oddly empty, or the pedestrians in those movies are extremely agile. This movie, much closer to reality. Much closer. Like, did I really want to see that? I don't know. Maybe if Ryan Reynolds is going to be talking about it, um, then maybe I'm okay with it. Frankly, I deserved to see that after all of the movies that I've watched and I've had to keep my own internal body count because they pretend no one got injured. They don't pretend in this one. They don't pretend. There are just heads flying, motor scooters flying, like... Pedestrians. Pedestrians pedestrians, are getting hit and flying into the air Mm -hmm. and Ryan Reynolds is commenting on it. Yes. They, they run into a flock of nuns. They barely miss them. And one of them says, they're nuns, they'll forgive you. But then the nuns are flipping them off. Those those nuns will not forgive you. And then and then all of a sudden, they're, they're wheeling. This is in Florence, like mostly on pedestrian ways. Then they're they're doing like a 360 around a fountain, kind of Tokyo yes. Drift style. And then yes. all of a sudden, there's a woman with a baby. And they're all just yeah. screaming, baby! And then it goes slow motion as she runs away and pigeons yep. are flying into the air. Yep. Do you know what they scream next, Amber? Puppies! Puppies! Because there's little bulldog, French bulldogs in the way. Yep, running in slow motion away. They, don't worry, the baby and the puppies are fine. Yes, they A lot do. of other yes. people are not. Most other people are not. Yep. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Ryan Reynolds pulls a loose eye out of a paper bag. Yes, he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's part of it. Apparently, the whole point of what they are running from was they went to the lawyer... Mm-hmm. for the bad guys right he refused to help them so they ripped out his eye so that they could unlock his phone so that they could get the locations of the four generals that they needed to go through to get to the dictator's brother and then the dictator right and we learn um <laughs> um dave franco asks uh like did you scoop that eye out he says to ryan reynolds and he says of course not two did <laughs> Obviously, two did that. As two continues to shoot guns while bleeding and getting operated on. Yep. It's it's fantastic. There's there's shooting guns and crashing cars and people flying and ridiculous Florence driving and snark, snark, snarking from Ryan Reynolds. And then a helicopter shows up. So Ryan Reynolds tells him to lose and he's like, all right, remember where you got that macchiato or mochaccino? He's like, yeah, I remember. 
no, no, don't do that. Don't, and then do that. Meanwhile, so many songs has cycled through oh, this chase. I was chase. just going to say, Emma, yes. So many songs have cycled through this chase, but as they head into a fucking museum, a techno version of O oh Fortuna comes on. It's so good. It's so it, good. I feel like this is like Ryan Reynolds' personal playlist, you know? More Muse yeah. shows up. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it is fantastic. And frankly, a worthwhile 17 minutes of awesomeness. Yeah. I I was thrilled with this scene. I was thrilled with everything about it. It was just the right level of snark. And then, bam, something you don't expect. Dave Franco gets gut. Yeah, yeah. He just, like, unceremoniously accidentally drives into, like, a, a forklift. And it just forklifts him through the neck. Insta-kill Jim, D- D- Dave Franco. Oh, oh, also, don't worry. Parkour guy gets into the mix despite the yes. fact that this is a car chase. He's hanging out on top of a chapel. Then he he runs down the side of it and then jumps up. He just parkours his way around Florence to drop some like metal pipes on some of the pursuing drivers, which causes some sincere devastation. Yes. People getting impaled left and right, people. It's terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, parkour guy, also in the mix. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And then the rest of the movie happens. And then essentially the rest of the movie happens, yeah. Um, it takes 26 solid minutes to get to the present time in the movie. Yes. For the first time. Right. Like, we, we go... Right, because we keep to the, jumping back. We're in the past, and then we're in the nearer past, and then we go back to 17 minutes before the car chase started so we can show the lawyer, and then we go back to the beginning, and then we jump into the future, and then we jump into earlier, and then we go to the present. Right. And we hear from Ryan Reynolds that um, somebody asks him why he's so bloody, and he says, well, because the head, neck, and face are very vascular. <laughs> He's right there, very vascular. Yeah. If you're going to carve out an eye, even if you're not the one doing it, blood gets places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, yes. The rest of my notes are just scattershot. Three is just a crazy, not terribly bright man. I guess CIA lady just likes him simple. <laughs> yeah. That uh-huh. relationship was... I mean, it's sort of like wanting a cactus. You want something low maintenance, but that will still have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure how a cactus really fits that bill. I'm not sure either. I think that would be very awful i stand by it okay great hmm i have parkour and grenades uh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there are times and 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 so at this point i'm just gonna explain fun things in the movie there's no keeping track of what's actually happening in the movie because you know it's ridiculous so i will just say that um at some point four is running away and he's parkouring away from bad guys there is no way there's no way that a, anybody could have kept up with him. It's, um, they, in order to steal the brother, um, the, the quote unquote good brother, the democracy loving brother, um, from his like house imprisonment, they put a crane over a high, st- uh, um, high story. What's it called? A skyscraper? A, a skyscraper building. and Or high um, story, whatever you feel. <laughs> And uh, 
you know, they, people, you know, the, the uh, seven sniping on one of those and then um, four just like runs across it. And then to get away, he like runs back across it. There is no way anybody followed him and could catch up with him running across a crane at like, I don't know, 20 stories. Oh, yeah. And then once he makes it to the other building, he is just flying around that because parkour. Yep. But they catch up to him. And and the big guy, who who's also in one of the Fast and Furious movies, he's just that big giant dude with like the big snake tattoo. And he's a white guy. Yeah. Rather than try and keep up with parkour, he just starts lobbing grenades at him. Mm-hmm. Just, just, you know, tossing them in his general direction. So there's just like random explosions in the midst of the parkour yeah. because Michael mm-hmm. Bay. Right. Obviously. So at this point, this is where um, the big guy catches up to four and he's about to kill four. And they've uh, recruited seven onto the team and who's uh, Corey Hawkins again. And he refuses to drive away. Like Ryan Reynolds is like, we got to go. We're just going to leave four behind. And um, yeah, Corey Hawkins refuses. He says, I'd leave no man behind. Which and is so al- then, ultimately pretty stupid because it does jeopardize the mission. Like, if, if they had been being followed by anyone, the fact that he stopped in the middle of the road to try and snipe the guy that was attacking their their poor little parkour boy at the top of an unfinished skyscraper, right? they'd all be dead. They were just sitting there while he lined up his shot. Ryan yes. Reynolds was not wrong. He was not wrong. And it was impressive that they even knew where 4 was, like, that they could keep track of where he was. At. But anyway, yeah. Once they have the brother, they're ready to go after the dictator, which involves a whole other heisty aspect to... They have to take over the the television station because one of the the best tools of dictators is is state-run TV. Right. So then then, then they also have to take over a power plant? Right, because they want his... Like, they want to scare him out of his, like headquarters onto his yacht yes onto his yacht i can't remember how the power plant plays into it but what i do know is that it causes ryan reynolds and seven to have to go there and ryan reynolds adopts i believe a scottish accent Uh uh-huh yes and then he's getting really bad information from the doctor about what he's supposed to say to this person so he claims that somebody who is actually alive is dead and then he has to explain why they're dead, and he either describes it as a ferocious masturbating accident. Yeah, that is what's uh-huh. happening in this movie, people. That's what you're missing by not watching Six Underground. Ryan Reynolds yes. saying in a fake Scottish accent, ferocious masturbating accident. It's uh, it's pretty great. And then giving an inspiring speech. Once that once their their plan is all coming together and they're ready to install their dude and get rid of the other dude, his inspiring speech. You know, we won't be remembered for what we're about to do today. But what we do will. Little things. They add up to big things. Let's go change the world. Chills. <laughs> just so fucking inspiring, Amber. Got fucking chills. Yeah, you have to also... They, they plan so much of this, and yet they were, like, looking this shit up on the spot, and so Ryan Reynolds ended up having to lie about why a dude was dead. Like, it, it seemed like that maybe they didn't fully do their research, Amber. They had a lot of pieces that they had to figure out and one complete idiot on the team. So I don't really, it's, it's sort of like being a man down. I don't know. Yeah. The final scene involves them. They, there's this whole plan that obviously we don't know the actual deals, details of, but we see it unfolding and it involves plastic guns and body armor. And we're thinking, well, why do you need plastic guns and body armor? Uh-huh. Megan, why do they need plastic guns and body armor? Well, Amber, during 
several of the like 14,000 um, flashbacks, we learn that um, Ryan Reynolds made his fortune by inventing neodymium magnets, Amber. Ooh, way to write down the specifics. Yes, thank you. And um, essentially, he's they've rigged these two things to um, magnets to float alongside the boat, and he can turn them on and off as on on his will. And so, essentially, it's a super magnet that draws everybody, including their guns and their like metal body armor, to like one side of the boat, and then he lets them go, and they all like fall down, and then he pulls them to the other side of the boat. You know. Yep. It's very exciting. But his phone keeps breaking and that's what he's using to do it. So it's not, you know, completely OP. Like it works sometimes and it's devastating, but then it doesn't work and then the screen cracks. And that's a whole other thing where people are saying funny things and, you know, yelling at him and he's yelling at them and yeah but but magnets and at one point you know obviously the magnets get activated when they're in the kitchen and so knives. Obviously knives. Obviously knives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty great. There's uh, actually there is a solid moment on the yacht when dumb dumb hitman and melanine laurent cia spook just take out a room of dudes just Mm -hmm. just destroy them just fucking destroy them in the middle of a dining room yes for no real reason like it's you know the shit had already been starting to go down on the ship and so obviously the the security people were were suspicious whatever it doesn't matter but they just Reseck them. And then Ryan Reynolds walks into the room. He's like, what did you do, you goddamn animals? Yep. And this is, of course, after I do believe the magnets have just mangled and murdered a bunch of people. So he was people. taken aback by what they did in this dining room. Yep, yep. It was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was also a moment when Seven the Soldier put a flashbang grenade in someone's mouth. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> He he did do that, and uh, we got like the um, like the window view of it, so we didn't actually see it happen, but we saw the the remnants um, of a guy's head disappearing, and then just blood splatter all over the window. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. It was it was actively gory, but I don't think horri- like, It wasn't torture porn gory. It was no. It was little boy oh. ha 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 burning ants kind of gory. Yeah, which I'm fine That's- with. It's disturbing. Anyway, yes. Mm-hmm. They get the dictator out. The country embraces the brother. And then um, they drop the dictator off in the middle of a refugee camp that he once hit with sarin gas and allow mob justice to take its course. Yes. Uh, yes. Except you are leaving out one of the very important lessons that Ryan Reynolds learns, Amber. Again, four is in danger because he's being almost murdered by a dude. And uh, Ryan Reynolds lets the dictator get away because he decides to go and help Four from being murdered. And he's learned that they're family, Amber. The fucking cleavers, Megan. The -hmm. thing I hated the most about that scene was that Ryan Reynolds was actively trying to go and help him. And he's like, just tell me where you are. And Four was just like, he's going to kill me. Yeah. Where is he going to kill you? It's a big fucking boat. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's just... Tell him anything. Pool. Outside. Give him a location. (laughs) Bow. Stern. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, they're the Cleavers now. Everybody knows everybody's first name and they're the goddamn Cleavers. Right. And don't worry. Somehow they also get to be on the uh, rescue helicopter that picks up the dictator. And yeah. 
It all makes perfect sense. Mob justice. And then people go and do heartwarming things like meet the senile mothers of their hitman boyfriends. Yes. And uh spy on the woman that they hooked up with after they, just before they decided to pretend kill themselves and come to the realization that he has a son. Right. So Ryan Reynolds has like a little boy that he just kind of watches on a playground. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we see the soldier remove a, a round from the chamber of a gun and then throw it into the water because we saw earlier he was holding that gun with that one round in it and he was thinking of killing himself right before Ryan Reynolds showed up and offered him the freedom to always take the shot because the U.S. government wouldn't let him take the shot and his entire team died because of it. Right. He knew, Amber. He, he knew. knew. The the best recruitment scene or like past scene we saw was mm-hmm. for parkour guy. Yep. He was robbing a house with a bunch of his buddies. They were parkouring away. He did not make it. He survived the fall, but then he woke up strapped to a gurney with a shotgun Rube Goldberg aimed at his face. And yes. Ryan Reynolds just being like, are you afraid? <laughs> yep. And then he activates it and the shotgun just falls over. And the dude legit thought he was going to die. And Ryan Reynolds is just laughing his ass just off. Just laughs for like two minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. sick. It's, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are little gems in this movie. The opening are. scene aside, which is a toit action scene. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're little Ryan Reynolds gems and, and fun action stuff gems. The, the magnetization at the last scene is, is pretty fun. You just sort of have to really shut your brain off and not try and piece together this puzzle because it's missing most of its edges and the clouds and, you know, a lot of like the important pieces that would make it make any sense. Yeah. So then on the rock scale, Amber, uh, regrettable, outstanding, craze balls are K. Where would you put this movie? This movie is a craze balls K or perhaps a K craze balls. Yeah, it, it's it's so hard into craze balls in the first 20 minutes. And then it like it's it, it starts off so high that it almost I can't I can't figure out if that makes it worse or or better. I don't know. Like, maybe it disappoints you by the end, and so that's kind of... Anyway, yeah. But then you're right, like, Ryan Reynolds, anytime Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynoldsing, it's delightful. And I'm psyched to see Melanie Laurent again. Yes. This is this is better than uh, her Now You See Me role, definitely. Right, right. She was also in Inglorious Bastards. But we haven't watched that, which is why I mentioned Now You See Me. It's a very good... Point, Amber. Just adding this to my regrettable list. Okay, great. Megan, do you have an Abby story? Um, I do not, but I do have a Maddie story, Amber. Oh, man. Abby has already been replaced by her <laughs> younger, cuter sister. Oh, well, wow. This is this is also maybe more of a, a Daba story. So um, when I was down, my mom and I um, took care of both Abby and Maddie for a little bit um, a couple weeks ago. And um, Maddie Maddie was uh, standing up and she was standing up near my mom. And she kind of um, stood up and she turned towards me and she started to take her first step. Like she was like hands out, like she was going to take her first steps toward me. And she tripped over my mom's foot. 
<laughs> my mom totally sabotaged her first steps, um, which is all to say she took her first step uh, today, um, but only because my mom definitely, definitely sabotaged her first steps two weeks ago. That's fantastic. My mom just wanted to make sure that Maddie didn't take her first steps while my brother and Erica were out of town. So, you know. Oh, so she did it on purpose. Yes. It, it was legit sabotage. Mm-hmm. Listen wow. Y'all. This is that's, that's love. That's, that's mm-hmm. love. It is. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Amber, do you have a recommendation? Your brother actually just reminded me of a show that I should have recommended a while ago, uh, AP Bio. Oh, yes. I think the only reason I hadn't done it yet is because I haven't watched the second season. But it is a show that originally aired on NBC, but has now moved to Peacock, their streaming network. It is very funny. It is a little bit bleak and unsettling in terms of kind of the type of humor that it uses, but it's also oddly heartwarming. It follows a former Harvard associate professor who winds up moving into his dead mom's house and teaching an AP bio high school class after he is disgraced and fails to get tenure. He is extremely unhappy. He is a professor of philosophy. He is extremely smart, but also super egotistical. He refuses to teach them AP bio and ultimately just wants to sit in the room and plot how to destroy his nemesis, a very happy-go-lucky Australian who has his dream job at Stanford. He then enlists the class in attempting to sabotage this man. He makes it very clear that this is not going to be a situation in which he secretly teaches them AP Bio, uh, or where they teach him more than he teaches them because he's way smarter than them. It is He starts every class by striding into the room in a sweater, cardigan, and sweatpants, yes. throwing a piece yes, of does. fruit in the general area of a, <laughs> of a trash can and saying, shut up, everybody shut up, begin shutting up now. <laughs> and the kids desperately want to learn AP Bio. They do. Oh, they do. It is. A, he, the thing that Dan mentioned, which is, is something I wouldn't have thought to say, but is entirely true, is it's a show you don't just put on in the background because the reaction shots of the people, like the, the actors playing the kids, are so good. Like it's, yeah. they're visual. And then Patton Oswalt plays the long-suffering principal who really likes having a Harvard professor there, but also the Harvard professor is a scary monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Oh, Paula Pell, uh, who I didn't actually know before AP Bio, but I must have seen in other things, is so funny and so good as the principal's, I think, assistant or secretary or something. She, she's just hilarious and, and earthy and ridiculous. Um, and the, the main actor, the guy who plays the, the disgraced professor, is uh, Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny. It's delightful. Excellent. Yes, it's very good. I haven't seen the second uh, season either but it the, yeah for seasons I'm trying to think of what Very dan funny. said specifically like it's i he doesn't usually like watching shows about teaching because it either right. either doesn't get it right mm-hmm. or they aren't i can't remember what the second thing was but yeah. he's like this still doesn't get it right but it is very entertaining right megan do you have a recommendation i do um so Amber, today and tomorrow is the Scholar Strike, which is um, organized by a UPenn um, associate professor, Anthea Butler, and um, it's essentially um, a time where 
we are taking time off from teaching academics and either um, fully taking time off and, and striking or um, using our class time to talk about um, racism and uh, police brutality. And so one of the things I've been talking to my students about has been um, kind of the history of science not being great and thinking about kind of the um, the terrible things science has done in the past and, and being aware of those things is really important. Um, so talking about that and then also I showed about 10 minutes from Ava DuVarnay's um, documentary film called 13th. It is a movie that's free on Netflix and it is free on YouTube. Um, also, if you go to scholarstrike.com, there's both this movie and a um, interview with Angela Davis and a TED Talk and some other um, really interesting, uh, informative um, videos. Um, but I'm going to recommend 13th. It's a documentary film um, about um, the intersection of race, justice, and mass incarceration in the United States. Um, it has um, lots of interviews. It has um, history. It's uh, it, I picked a section also with Angela Davis because I wanted my students to know who Angela Davis was if they didn't already. Um, and it's just, it's, it's it's very good. It's very powerful. Uh, it's it is from 2016, but it is directly, um, obviously, relatable to what's happening now with police brutality because it was also happening in 2016. Um, it talks about uh, Fred Hampton, who was a um, American activist and. Um, but Black Panther, who was only 21, and he was just so powerful of a voice that um, the government killed him in his um, bed. And that is the, you know, police, Chicago police went in in 1969 and uh, murdered him. And it's the history and the present of today in America. And it's something that it's very important for us to know about. And that is uh, how I'm spending today and tomorrow in class. And by today and tomorrow, she means a couple days ago. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Amber, this is a flashback. It's Okay. Yeah, this is six months boy. ago. This or is six two years ago. ago. Or tomorrow. 17 hours ago. Yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, so watch my stupid show and learn some stuff. And Megan always does this. Megan always does this. I recommend something stupid. And she's like, oh, let's think important thoughts about social justice and blah, blah, blah. Listen, Amber, one needs both. You, you need both. Yeah, but I'm always the dumb thing. <laughs> You're not a dumb thing, Amber. I didn't even suggest I was the dumb thing. <laughs> I Okay, this is over. Don't even so, do Amber, that. Don't even, don't even play. You have already wronged me. I would like to end like I always do by saying the hand that rocks the cradle. You're just referencing that movie? Are you, yeah. just, you just said a movie title with the word rocks in it. Yep, I did. How, how is this anything? How is this the thing you do? Mm, it's unclear, Amber. It, it's just, it's formed this way. This is where we are. This is what we're stuck with. This is a dark year. Yes. Bye, Megan. Bye, Amber. Bye.